is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm Father Stephen Roth, the Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. On today's show, we're very lucky to have two guests, Stephen Kirby and Connor Smith. Both men are seminarians for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. They're in their senior year at John Paul II in Washington. Welcome to the show today, Stephen and Connor. Great to be here. Thank you so much, Father. It's interesting. This morning, I spoke to a group of middle school students and uh, one of them asked a very interesting question. Um, how did I decide that, that I wanted to be a priest? And it sort of dawned, dawned on me that uh, the number of seminarians that we have, uh, each person has their own path to, to discernment and into seminary. So Connor, why don't we start with you? Do you want to just share a little bit about your own vocation story? How did you decide uh, that the Lord was calling you to seminary? Sure, Father. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, a, it's been a crazy ride, to say the least. Um, I entered immediately after high school and for much of my life, I was, I've been Catholic my whole life. Praise, thanks be to God. My parents are great. Taught me uh, to, to how to be a Catholic and to love the faith. I didn't really start thinking about priesthood though, until I guess late in the game for someone who enters right after high school, I uh, went to a first mass back when I was in Pittsburgh, kind of accidentally, we just showed up for expecting a regular Sunday mass and we showed up and there was all these priests and, uh, deacons and lay people there celebrating the first mass of a priest. And that kind of hit me like a brick wall. It was really just kind of this beautiful uh, liturgical, well, this beautiful mass where we witnessed the love that someone had for the priest and the whole community behind him supporting him in that vocation. Um, after the mass, I went down to the uh, parish hall, if you will, for a reception and an usher whose name I cannot forget, cannot remember, uh, pulled me aside to the vocations director of the Diocese of Pittsburgh and introduced me to a thing called Covatus. Uh, he introduced Covatus as a summer to summer retreat. Now, being still new to, to things at the time, I don't, I didn't, still didn't know what discernment retreat meant. All I knew was I stayed overnight somewhere else for a few days. And for someone who really didn't like doing gardening and stuff at home, it sounded like a great deal. And so I went there. And it really just changed my life, uh, praying, particularly praying the liturgy of the hours with the Psalms um, and particularly with Psalm uh, 90, 91, which is the Psalm prayed at night prayer uh, for the church, really just kind of floored me and um, in, in, in showing God's faithfulness to me and that how he will support me in whatever I do. And he's calling me to a particular life. It took some time to really pray and, and think about that. And I really actually put off making a decision on where to go to college until senior year. I was really struggling between Navy, ROTC, and seminary. And it was late until, uh, actually late in October of senior year, you know, typically when most, most high school students have this sort of thing figured out when I made that decision. But my family, my vocations director, my pastor, and all, all of my friends uh, from my church really encouraged me to make that jump, make that leap of courage. 
And in doing so, I haven't looked back since, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, well, Connor, we're thankful that you said yes. You've been a great seminarian for the Archdiocese. As you look back over, over your own uh, journey to seminary, was there one thing in particular? You mentioned that you were really weighing both options. What finally, sort of as they say, pushed you over the finish line to say, I'm going to apply to seminary? Sure, Father. I think it's, it's because at, when I was really think, thinking about this, I was really getting a lot more involved in my home parish. I was a CCD teacher. I was a lector. I was helping on the youth ministry team. And I really started finding that I felt more at home than at church than I did in my own home. Um, not, not, to, not to say anything against my parents. I love them dearly, and it's great to live there. But at, at, this, at this church, uh, St. Ignatius of Loyal and Ivesville down in Urbana, I really found to be more at home there. Being with uh, the uh, youth minister there, with the pastor there, and, and getting to know them and getting to know the other people at the parish, uh, the, the director of uh, faith formation, I really, I really found that I took more joy there um, anywhere else. And so that seems to be the, the reason for my decision, that God was calling me towards his home, the church, and in a particular way to the ministerial priesthood. Well, that's great. Thank you, Connor. Stephen, as you were listening to Connor share uh, his thoughts regarding discernment and ultimately applying to seminary, uh, was there anything that was different in, in your journey? For me, it was a lot of little things. Um, I was kind of had a very different kind of upbringing. I was, I've been in Anne Arundel County my entire life. My family's gone to St. John the Evangelist in Severna Park. Um, and so I've kind of had sort of a, yeah, kind of one parish um, that I've been at pretty much my entire life. And because of that, um, my family and I in particular kind of was able to develop relationships with a lot of good priests. Um, it's kind of one of those larger kind of training wheels parish, as I like to call it. So you get a lot of seminarians on their pastoral year or young associate pastors um, to kind of come through there and kind of get their year or two or three years um, of kind of early ministry experience. So you just see a lot of different kind of guys go through there who are, are priests or um, studying to be priests. So that really just inspired me um, seeing the ways the Lord could work through so many different personalities um, within the same kind of vocation of the diocesan priesthood. So being able to see that and see the many just different beautiful ways that these guys live, live out their vocation uh, was a huge witness to me. And I was really involved singing in the choir um, and serving at masses. I became a sacristan in high school. Um, so kind of having those kind of opportunities to work with priests as well in the liturgy uh, around the parish. And just kind of learning from them to develop my own personal prayer life in high school. I also went to Covadis. Um, I actually went to Covadis the first year the Archdiocese did it back in 2013. Uh, and I've been going ever since, uh, both as a participant and eventually starting in 2017, I guess, as a seminarian. So that's been a huge part of my um, kind of vocational discernment. And I think it has been for a lot of guys who go uh, to that high school camp. So, Well, Stephen, coming from St. John Severna Park, I'm certainly aware that that is really um, a very fertile area for vocations. The parish has blessed us many times with sending great men like yourself. Uh, you mentioned the sacristan program. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about the sacristan program? It's, it's a very unique setup um, that your parish has developed and has been extremely successful, not just in cultivating vocations, but really strengthening the faith of young men. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So for anybody who doesn't know, a sacristan is basically the person who sets up for mass, who puts out the books, puts out the vessels, you know, unlocks the church, turns on the lights, does all that kind of practical stuff. 
at St. John's, um, at least for the weekend masses, um, they, they hire um, high school boys, freshmen through seniors, um, to be the sacristans who kind of set up for mass and kind of take care of the church in that way. But they also are kind of MC, master of ceremonies for the masses themselves. So they're kind of in charge of directing the servers who are kind of younger elementary school uh, kids. And there are a lot of altar servers. We've really blessed um, with a good school and a lot of um, homeschoolers as well who kind of, you know, have their kids come and, and serve the mass. So the high schoolers um, just being responsible, even at that sort of young age, you know, 14 through 17, of kind of having some kind of responsibility over kind of how the, the mass goes um, and kind of, yeah, being responsible for it in that way. Um, and just learning how to enter into it on a more deep level because you kind of become more familiar with what to do. And that kind of makes you more aware, at least made me more aware of kind of the mysteries that are happening um, and the relational, um, the, the ways in which the Lord wants to use the mass to relate to us. So it's a really good way to kind of get high schoolers together. And in my time, there are about 10 of us. Um, so we kind of switch off different shifts for the masses on the weekends. For Christmas and Easter, we'd kind of all be together because those are kind of bigger uh, kind of liturgies, bigger projects. And we get to know each other in that way and um, have hang out, bond over Christ, play basketball sometimes, you know, in the courts. So it was really good kind of bringing uh, high school guys together uh, to kind of get excited about serving the mass um, and kind of yeah, having some responsibility for it as well. I remember when I visited your parish to celebrate mass a few weekends, uh, it's not sort of a hall of fame, but a, a table of fame where I noticed that a, a lot of priests um, that had, you know, some connection to Severna Park loved to put their first mass prayer card on the vesting table as is really a permanent memorial to, to the gift of priesthood. Uh, very, very powerful. Uh, Stephen, just one other question. As you think about a, a man discerning, uh, right now to enter seminary? Do you have any advice for him? The first thing that comes to mind, I mean, there's a lot I could say, is um, have a good priest that you know well to be able to talk to. Um, there can be a lot of different kind of movements that go on, um, like emotional movements, kind of mental movements, uh, different sources of discouragement, different sources of encouragement to in, in discernment. So it's really important to have a good priest uh, who you trust um, that can really kind of guide you through some of those spiritual kind of forces really that that can contribute so that's really helpful great connor do you want to weigh in on that same question any advice for someone discerning sure for me it's it's really just don't don't focus too much on the future just take it one step at a time and really to not stress about it um god will take care of his your vocation if you give it to him and to really just trust that he will take care of it and to live one day at a time that's how i did it and that's how i recommend that you do it too all right. Well, thank you, Connor. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we'll talk again a little bit more with Connor and Stephen. And we'll continue our conversation uh, focusing more on what is it like to be a seminarian. I'm Father Stephen Roth, and you're listening to Catholic Review Radio. child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind, potential of body, potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic Schools Rise Above 
With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. After decades of criticism for its unabashed support of the Confederacy, Maryland by Maryland is closer than ever to being removed as the official song of the Free State. The State Senate voted unanimously March 19th in favor of getting rid of the controversial song after the House of Delegates voted 94 to 38 to do the same earlier this month. The legislation now moves to the desk of Republican Governor Larry Hogan Jr., who has not indicated his position on the bill. A Baltimore-born Catholic named James Ryder Randall was inspired to write the poem that would eventually become the state song after reading a newspaper report about the Pratt Street Riot in Baltimore in 1861. The violence erupted after an angry mob of pro-Southern Baltimoreans hurled paving stones, bottles, and rocks at soldiers from the 6th Massachusetts Regiment that was traveling through the city on its way to defend Washington, D.C. at the outset of the Civil War. The poem's verses refer to newly elected President Abraham Lincoln as a tyrant and a despot. They encourage Maryland to, quote, avenge the patriotic gore that flecked the streets of Baltimore and refer to the Union as, quote, northern scum. Father Raymond Harris, pastor of Holy Family in Randallstown and a member of Archbishop William E. Lurie's working group on racism, said he can't understand why any Marylander today would want to sing a song that celebrates the Confederacy. Part of dealing with racism and reconciliation is that we must deal with the truth, Father Harris said. And part of the truth of the Confederacy was that it was raised up to perpetuate the institution of slavery, Father Harris said, as part of the economy, and it treated enslaved peoples as commodities. To continue to celebrate that in song, he said, is really against the dignity of human beings. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the virtual newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matisek. Perpetual Adoration is coming to Baltimore for the first time ever. On May 31st, the Basilica of the Assumption, America's first Catholic cathedral, will begin 24-7 Eucharistic Adoration if the cathedral can get enough adorers to commit to praying day and night. Will you sign up for one hour and keep watch with the Lord? Will you pray for our country and for our church? To learn more, visit americasfirstcathedral.org slash adoration. That's A-M-E-R-I-C-A-S firstcathedral.org slash adoration. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm Father Stephen Roth, the Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Today we're continuing to speak with two seminarians, Connor Schmidt and Stephen Kirby. Connor and Stephen, thanks again for being part of our show. Uh, At this point, I'd like us to segue more um, into what is it like to be a seminarian? Uh, we spent our last segment talking about discerning and, and taking that step to get into seminary. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about like, what does a, a normal day look like for you as, as a seminarian? So Stephen, maybe if you want to lead us off. Sure, definitely. Um, so here at uh, St. John Paul II College Seminary, um, our schedule is pretty much uh, has a kind of a general framework that stays the same day to day, at least on weekdays. 
We wake up uh, every morning to be in the chapel at 7.30 for morning prayer or lauds, um, which is kind of the morning uh, segment of the liturgy of the hours, uh, the universal prayer of the church that's prayed by all priests and religious, uh, many lay people as well. Um, it focuses on the scripture, focuses on the Psalms. So we pray that together. That's about a 10 or 15 minute prayer. And then right after that, we have mass uh, usually in the morning. And then from there, um, it's kind of optional breakfast going into classes. So we take all our classes at the Catholic University of America, which were right in the edge of campus. Um, and so it kind of depends on your own class schedule when you do that. And that's kind of the nine to five kind of work day. Then at five o'clock, we gather back in the chapel for a holy hour um, from five to 6 p.m. Uh, with the Blessed Sacrament exposed. It's really good, just intimate time uh, to spend with the Lord um, and kind of we're all doing it together, uh, which is really inspiring and helpful. And after um, adoration, we pray evening prayer, which is similar to morning prayer, except it's in the evening. Um, and then we move on to dinner, which we have uh, all together every night. It's going to talk about our days and, you know, kind of grow closer to each other. Um, and that's kind of a general framework. Great. Uh, Connor, Stephen mentioned Seaway or Catholic University of America. Can you tell us a little bit about what is your relationship with the university as a, as a seminary? Sure, Father. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really quite beautiful. Um, we take classes like all other college students on campus at Catholic University. We're philosophy majors, so we mostly interact with philosophy students, but we have to fill electives like any other major. So we'll take psychology classes, um, sociology classes, history classes, English classes. I, um, this semester I'm taking an English class, uh, plays of Shakespeare, where we're reading through kind of his later plays. So I interact with students in that level. Um, and it's really beautiful to interact with the people on campus, not only because I get to share what I love, my faith and my relationship with my Lord, our blessed Lord with them, but also just becomes friends with these people. Um, some of my best friends are people on campus who I've gotten to know over these past few years. I've taken classes with them and uh, worked with them on, on various campus activities, whether that's a service to the homeless or praying in front of the Planned Parenthood down in Noma. Uh, neighborhood down in DC or whatever. It's really a quite a beautiful thing to, to be able to grow a relationship with these people on campus while I'm studying to be a priest. Well, Connor, as I introduce you, I guess I should have referred to you as uh, Senator Schmidt because I know that this, this year you have a, a particular role. Tell us a little bit about that. What does that mean that you're a Senator at the university? Sure, Father. <laughs> I, I say this with laughter a little bit. Um, so at the seminary, I am the academic liaison and really that role usually would just, just be to help the students, to uh, the seminarians to register for classes, to help them with tutoring or, or, or whatever, to, to help them just be better students. Um, this year, uh, it's a little bit of a story, story here. Um, the morning um, of early October, we just walked out of mass and I checked my email and the Student Government Association down at the Catholic University of America had their Senate elections. So the SGA Senate is a legislative body where two, two senators from every school, so the School of Philosophy, School of Theology and Religious Studies, School of Engineering, School of Arts and Sciences, as well as two senators from each class represent a governing body where they're able to put forth resolutions and other um, recommendations to the university so that we as uh, a university together can improve how we, how we are as a community, whether that's... Um, implementing an Africani studies program or encouraging more 
um, in-person liturgies uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic, or whether it's extending uh, the hours for Starbucks during finals week, because we all know how, how strenuous that is. So that morning, I was joking with the men, hey, the Senate elections are up. And they're all like, well, Connor, you would be a great senator. Now, and I actually went, wait, what are you talking about? And next thing I knew, they uh, put together a writing campaign for me and I'm happy to serve as a senator for, for the SGA. Um, it's been a little bit of work, but it's, it's not been without fruit. I, I've grown a relationship with senators there and uh, as well as some other people on CUA who I wouldn't get to know and to help foster a greater relationship between the seminary and the university has been just an incredible experience. Any aspirations for a presidential run in 24? Oh, absolutely not, Father. You, you don't need to worry about that at all. <laughs> uh, on a more serious note, Stephen, I just want to pose to you, a lot of times as I travel around the archdiocese, parents are impressed that, that men are in the seminary, but they'll ask me, uh, how do guys that are so young make a commitment that they know that they're going to be priests? Uh, what would you say to that? Um, first of all, uh, one of the most important things to remember about seminary, and especially college seminary, where we do enter so young as soon as high school is over, in our case, is that a commitment to seminary, while it is certainly a commitment and a big one, it's not a kind of like you're not signing the dotted line to be ordained. So it's important to remember that like seminary it both prepares us for the priesthood, but it's also a place where we discern it. Um, so it's kind of a simultaneous like each year we kind of seriously um, consider in prayer uh, whether it makes sense to move on another year toward the priesthood. And at the same time during the year, we're also preparing as well. So it's kind of this preparing and discerning at the same time. Stephen, also, uh, you and Connor are both in, in a very unique situation because on Holy Thursday, the Archbishop will share with you uh, where you're moving on to. Uh, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about what that, what that looks like? You're graduating now, and, and what's the next step for you in formation? So for the past four years, including this year, uh, we've been studying philosophy. Um, and the next year, we'll move on to a major seminary uh, to study theology for another four years before, um, uh, God willing, being ordained. Um, so we go somewhere different to do that. So the two, the two places in uh, Maryland that we could study, either St. Mary's Seminary in Roland Park up in uh, North Baltimore, or Mount St. Mary's uh, in Emmitsburg, those are the two seminaries here. And there's also the Pontifical North American College in Rome that we sometimes send to. So Holy Thursday, we'll find out um, kind of which of those seminaries for theology that we will be sent to for next year. So really excited about that. Terrific. Well, let's see, we've spoken about discernment. We've spoken about what it means to be in seminary. Connor, the other element to formation, obviously, is your pastoral assignments. Uh, can you just share with our listeners, what does that mean? You, you have a pastoral assignment, and, and how does that impact your your formation in seminary? Sure, yeah, they're, they're really great experiences. Uh, we, we have a number of pastoral assignments, both throughout the year in seminary as well as in the summers. So we have apostolates in, in the seminary where in particular, I, I and uh, some other seminarians are working with a hospice ministry right now. We also uh, help with the homeless and help with um, the missionaries of charity down in uh, DC and other things. We also do general pastoral assignments. Uh, summer assignments and pastoral years where we live and stay at a, at a parish with a, a priest and, and get to know the parish and, and help the parish in any way that we can. It's a really great experience to get to know how a priest runs a parish, get to know um, the, the parishioners of various parts of the archdiocese, 
and grow in greater love with the priesthood. Um, the biggest impact for me for pastoral assignments hasn't necessarily been one project of doing or another. Um, although I, I'm proud of the work I, I have done in both my parish assignments, it's really just been growing in love with the priesthood um, with, the, with the particular assignments um, and helping out the, the clergy in those, those assignments as well. Without a doubt, seminarians have been helping parishes across the archdiocese in particular, especially during this pandemic, not only in a practical way, but I think just your presence in rectories uh, has brought about a, a greater sense of enthusiasm, you know, with your, the newness to your, to your vocation it has positively impacted our priests. One quick final note, tell us a little bit about the seminary and blog. You guys very much help, help us to um, recruit more people. What does that blog look like? Sure, Father. Yeah, this, this came really from inspiration from the seminary. We have our own seminary blog here, and I wanted to see, I, I, I know how much, how many great writers we have as seminarians for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and I really wanted to showcase that and to show that the seminarian is one who, who lives a life of joy, a, a life filled with the uh, love of the Holy Spirit and love of the gospel. And so we started a monthly blog called Hearts Burning, based off of the Emmaus story, um, in which the disciples run back having encountered our, the risen Lord with their hearts burning. And so we uh, post every first Thursday of the month. Uh, the next one will be Holy Thursday, which would be exciting and show that the life of the seminary is one filled with joy and one filled with uh, excitement and, and both crazy moments, but also some smaller ones as well, which, which are also joyful as well. So we're I'm excited to, to be able to help out with that and to help the archdiocese and, and those discerning in this archdiocese see that it is worth it to be a priest. It is so worth it. Thank you, Connor and Stephen, for being guests on our show. Uh, you mentioned the blog. Uh, anyone that's interested in the blog or even just more information about discernment or the over 50 seminarians that we have studying in the archdiocese, I'd invite you to visit our website at bemorevocations.org. Again, the address is bemorevocations.org. I'm Father Stephen Roth. Thanks for listening to Catholic Review Radio. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.